From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Once again, we count it a privilege to welcome you to another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, presenting a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. Messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought taken from the pen of the great 19th century English preacher C.H. Spurgeon and found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, God Routes Fear. The text is Numbers 23, verse 23. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. How this should cut up root and branch all silly superstitious fears. Even if there were any truth in witchcraft and omens, they could not affect the people of the Lord. Those whom God blesses, devils cannot curse. Ungodly men like Balaam may cunningly plot the overthrow of the Lord's Israel, but with all their secrecy and policy, they are doomed to fail. Their powder is damp. The edge of their sword is blunted. They gather together, but as the Lord is not with them, they gather together in vain. We may sit still, and let them weave their nets, for we shall not be taken in them. Though they call in the aid of Beelzebub, and employ all his serpentine craft, it will avail them nothing. The spells will not work. The divination will deceive them. What a blessing this is! How it quiets the heart! God's Jacobs wrestle with God, but none shall wrestle with them and prevail. God's Israels have power with God and prevail, but none shall have power to prevail against them. We need not fear the fiend himself, nor any of those secret enemies whose words are full of deceit and whose plans are deep and unfathomable. They cannot hurt those who trust in the living God. We defy the devil and all his legions." Praises ring to Christ the Lord of all. 
Every so often here on Let the Bible Speak, we've mentioned Q&A with Alan Cairns. These are video clips of Dr. Cairns giving biblical answers to a variety of questions. These include, why did Christ have to become a man? Why does a good God allow suffering? Or, what is the unpardonable sin? In all, Dr. Cairns responds to over 50 such concerns. All of these video clips are available on the ltbsradio.com website. In addition, we're happy to be able to provide you, free of charge, a DVD containing all of these video portions, about five hours of guidance from God's Word for problems which face the 21st century Christian. You may have a copy simply by requesting it. Just ask for the DVD, Q&A with Alan Cairns, you may email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. Or if you wish, you may write us at Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak. 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. 
Here's an excellent way to provide scriptural answers to family and friends regarding the challenging questions facing believers in this day. On today's broadcast, Dr. Alan Cairns continues his series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 12, the Apostle Paul wrote, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. As he resumes a message called The Spirit's Primary Work in the Christian Dr. Cairns explains what the things God has given us consist of and how the Holy Spirit makes these things real in the experience of God's people. As he will emphasize, an understanding of this text is vital to everything in the Christian life. Now, Dr. Cairns continues this message called The Spirit's Primary Work in the Christian. We have received the Spirit of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now I want you to look at that very, very carefully. A lot hangs in this verse. Indeed, I don't think it's too much for me to say that the happiness of every Christian here depends on understanding with the heart the meaning of this verse. I am not going too far when I say that your effectiveness for God, your usefulness to the church of God, your joy in the salvation of God, your growth in grace, your knowledge of Christ, everything in your spiritual life ultimately is going to depend upon your knowledge experimentally of 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 12. I refer to this verse as the Holy Ghost's primary work in the Christian. The Holy Spirit's primary work in the Christian. If you can cast your, back, your mind back to the last study I did in this series, 
From the Gospel of John, I spoke of the Holy Spirit as the revealer of Christ and said that that was the central theme of his whole ministry. Well, this is a particular aspect, an extension of that thought. And it's absolutely vital to the people of God. And yet, I say, I, I said this before and I have checked a lot more since I first said it. I say this, that despite the importance of this, I have never yet come across a book that is written on the person and work of the Holy Spirit where there is any slight attention paid to the text that we're looking at this morning. It seems to me incredible that something that is of such vital significance should be so overlooked in all the treatises and all the sermons that I have been able to come across on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We're going to consider three things in the text this morning in its context. We're going to think first of the ministry of the Spirit according to this text. That's going to be the bulk of our study today. The ministry of the Spirit according to this text. And then in this portion I want us to think of the mind of the saints. These two things are so interlocked there can be no separation of the ministry of the Spirit from the mind of the saints. And then the means that the Spirit uses to get this through to our minds, the means of the Scriptures as they're set out here for us. Now the ministry of the Spirit, let's read these words again. We have received the Spirit not of the world. The spirit of the world is the reasoning of the world, the philosophy of, of the world, the mind of the flesh. Now we have that enough by nature. In salvation we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. There's a wonderful thought there. <clears throat> it is not just the spirit of God. That's a, a tremendous description of the Holy Spirit, in which you have an emphasis upon His essential deity. The of God reminds us that He is essentially, eternally God in His very being. But the Spirit which is of God, the of translates the preposition that means from, out from. The idea is of ascending of a deliberate act of God in communicating His Spirit. We have received the Spirit whom God hath graciously given to all His people. We have received the Spirit which is of God in order that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Now, if you look at that text, Thinking of the ministry of the Spirit, first of all, there are three terms that we have got to understand. Look at the words, the things. Uh, there's a, quite an emphasis here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 on things. Just have a look at it. And I'm leaving out the things of man as they're referred to. Verse 9, the things God hath prepared. Verse 10, 
The Spirit searcheth all things. Again, verse 10, the deep things of God. Verse 11, again, the things of God. Verse 12, the things freely given to us of God. Verse 13, which things? Verse 13 again, spiritual things. Verse 14, the things of the Spirit of God. And they're all wrapped up in verse 15, all things. Now this is not just coincidental. When the Holy Spirit repeatedly refers to something, we do well to take note. There is an emphasis on these things, and they are all referring to one thing, one great truth. What are the things God has prepared? What are the deep things of God? What are the things of the Spirit of God? What are these spiritual things that Paul is speaking about here? My friends, they are the very fullness and freeness, the length and breadth and depth and height of God's uh, provision of grace in Jesus Christ. They are the gospel in all its dimensions. The gospel in all its ramifications. These are the things that Paul is speaking of. Now he says they are freely given to us of God. The words, words freely given are one verb originally. One word originally. It's a very interesting word. You'll find it, for instance, in Romans chapter 8, verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not also with him freely give us all things? It's the same verb. The root of the verb, the stem of the verb, is the word grace, or the word favor. And I think that shows you what Paul is saying here. These things of the gospel are bestowed by the free grace of God. Now then, there's another term that's very important that we might know. The gospel, freely bestowed by the grace of God, here's where it all comes home, that we might know. The word know here is a very interesting one. Look at verse 11. Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. And the very same verb is used in the words of our text that we might know. The meaning of this is not just come to know. It's not a process of knowledge. The idea is to see, to perceive with clarity, to know fully. The old Latin theologians used to translate this into Latin, and uh, if I could translate their Latin, they said it meant to know with certainty. To know with certainty. Now here is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. We have received the Spirit which is of God in order that with 
total certainty we may perceive the fullness of the gospel of the grace of God given to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, without this work of the Holy Spirit, you'd never have been saved. You'd never come to Christ because you could never see anything in Him. Doesn't Isaiah 53 teach that? Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? When we shall see Him, there is no beauty that we should desire Him. Why do sinners sit in their sin? Why do sinners crucify the Son of God afresh? Why do they reject the gospel? Why do they mock the word of God? Why do they sit with a hard heart and a steely conscience? Why can they simply shrug off the claims of Christ and the matters of eternity? I'll tell you why. It's what Paul says here uh, a little earlier in this chapter. They don't know. They can't see Jesus Christ. When they see Him, when they hear of Him, there is no beauty in Christ that they should desire Him. And left to themselves, their wicked, carnal hearts go on in that fashion. And you and I would have been just exactly the same, but God who is rich in mercy, working by the mighty power of His Holy Spirit, came and revealed Christ to us. He gave us light, and He gave us sight to see that light, that we may embrace Jesus Christ freely offered in the Gospel. But not only that, without this ministry of the Holy Spirit making us know the Gospel in all its fullness, we cannot go on with Christ. Now let's face this. We are living in a day of crippled Christianity. We're living in a day where so many people profess the name of Jesus Christ, and if they're saved, they don't ever seem to grow. They do not walk with God in any of the holiness uh, that is set out in the Word of God. They do not enjoy Jesus Christ. Church and Bible and prayer and witnessing, these are matters of duty. These are matters uh, that just have to be put up with. They are miseries. Now my friend, if you're in this meeting this morning and Christianity is a misery to you, either you are not saved or for this reason you are not going on with God. And the reason why people who are saved do not go on with God is that they are not seeing the fullness and the freeness of God's provision of Jesus Christ for them in every situation of life. Now the devil is always trying to remove Christians from this basis. Much of the New Testament is taken up with this. He's getting them away from the freeness of the gospel or the fullness of the gospel in one way or another. You remember Acts 15? The Judaizers tried to inject into the early church the idea that except a man be circumcised after the custom of Moses, he couldn't be saved. He wanted, uh, the devil wanted the early church to be derailed from a free salvation by free grace received by faith alone without works. Did that not happen also in the churches of Galatia? Isn't that what the whole Galatian epistle is about? The devil trying to get the church away from the fullness and the freeness of the gospel. 
The same thing can be said for Colossians. The same thing can be said for the people to whom John wrote his first epistle. And certainly the same thing can be said here in the city of Corinth. These people were feeling to live and enjoy Jesus Christ. Oh, they were Christians in name, and uh, it would appear, in fact, they were saved people. But they were not living the Christian life. There's nothing sadder than to see a person who's saved, and he's not living for Jesus Christ. Nothing sadder than to see a person who's saved, and he doesn't have any joy in the Lord. And he's just drifting in a miserable condition. And nothing can ever make him happy. I tell you this, if you can be happy apart from Jesus Christ, man, woman, young person, you are not a Christian. I want to get that through to you. If you can be happy without reference to Jesus Christ, if you can live your life day after day, week after week, and you can go on and just be content and happy in this world without reference to Christ, you are yet in your sins and you need to be saved. But there are so many people and they're not happy in the Lord and they're certainly not happy in the world. And whatever they do, my, it's tinged with regret, it's tinged with sorrow, it's got the bitterness of disappointment and disillusionment. The sweetest things of life lose their savor and their joy. And I tell you, my friend, it is usually the reason that God's people in that condition have lost sight of Jesus Christ and of his gospel. And though they say they believe the facts of the gospel, they are not living in the light of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpc.org fpcna.org that's www.fpcna.org this is charles kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we let the bible speak (music) 